Do you want to advertise on this podcast? Go to podbean.com now for only $1. You can get a thousand listens. You can also predefine geographic locations and categories for where your advertisement will run. Start using the most cost-effective advertising campaign now. Go to podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. See, everyone remembers Star Wars and Star Trek. But see, there's other sci-fi voices of shows and people that we might forget. So if you haven't thought of Dollhouse, Classic Battlestar, or Babylon 5 in a while, you, you gotta listen in. It's a sci-fi diner classic, voices from a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. It's a sci-fi diner classic, bringing you voices from the past. No, we ain't here on things. It's a sci-fi diner classic, don't give me no news, just give me interviews and nothing else. No, nothing else. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Classic. This is episode number 11. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, wherever you are, this is Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are excited to bring you Nero's right-hand man himself tonight in the Sci-Fi Diner Classic. Mm -hmm. Mr. I.L. Yeah, I.L. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, Clifton Collins himself. You know, when we ran into Clifton Collins at the convention, what was it, two, three years ago almost now? Yeah, two and a half years um, ago, I, I really didn't know much about him. I mean, I knew that he was in Star Trek, and that was about it. Mm -hmm. I, I, had you heard of this man? He had a familiar face, but I wasn't that familiar with his work. Um, he was like bad guy familiar, like every single movie bad guy familiar type face, right? Exactly, yeah. Right. And so, and now here we are two and a half years later, and this guy has kind of exploded. At least, oh, yeah. you know, he, not only with Star Trek, but then with, with the event. The event. Uh, he was in that Mike Judge movie, uh, Extract. Uh, okay, which I yeah, did not see. I, I, yeah, yeah. See, Jason Bateman was uh, the uh, the star in that movie. So, so yeah. So he he's kind of a he plays these bit roles, but he's very methodical in his approach. I mm -hmm. remember him having this huge book he was studying, and he was just he was very happy to be at the con, very happy to talk with us. He was great. He was uh, he, he was up for anything, and um, I think this was. I mean, one of his. This was his first con appearance, but it was one of his earlier ones. Right, right. And mm -hmm. you know what? I tell you what. He was throughout the weekend. We did that was an early interview for us. One of the first we had at that con, mm -hmm. and he just every time we walked by, it was like just chatting. Yeah, we got to say hi to him, see how he's doing, yeah, and yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, I think he's a real actor's actor as far as I mean, cool guy. But as far as his craft, he takes it very seriously. And so when things were slow. He was doing research for a role. That was just the coolest thing. And you know what? I believe this was before the Star Trek DVD came out. Am I correct about you that? You are correct, yes. Yeah, so we hadn't got the extras, and there were some scenes like he mentions with Klingons and stuff that we found out from him, but not not until we got the DVD extras and we actually right. got to see those. Mm -hmm. So a, a great interview. Not long. I think about 15, 20 minutes. But we hope you enjoy this little small token of Star Trek history that we had uh, that we're going to be bringing you.
like wow this almost looks like one of my you know where to go behind the desk you could use it like that I, I could yeah. I know how uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go there you JJ go. Abrams taught me how to do that yeah. what was it like working with JJ JJ working with JJ is amazing he's such a, a generous uh, caring individual aside from being a, a passionate filmmaker he does some great stuff both for television and in and in, in the movie it's true <laughs> I did uh, Alias with him as well oh you were an alias yeah he wrote this character loosely based off of Frankie Flowers the character from Traffic okay oh very cool well my name's Scott and this is Scott. Miles Scott Miles nice yeah, we, we do a podcast called uh, The Sci-Fi Dining oh I love so it it's just, Sci-Fi uh, Dining like yeah, the title so, yeah, it's just it's just, sweet uh, there you go you get a business card out of the deal and everything <laughs> but it um, it just covers everything from sci-fi okay so we heard you were here you're excited about that awesome because of course the Trek movie's out and that's what everyone's talking about right now are they still talking they, they, about they, they, it they, they, yeah. here's yeah. the thing that's what we I want to hear yep. <laughs> we were kind of mad because thank you you really should have been able to kick first but yeah. you did and I understand I'm with you there I think I just I got think, a I little like slighted a little bit yeah. there. maybe a teeny bit if Kirk didn't get your gun you or maybe if I was a smart Roman and I had it on safety <laughs> you know, maybe like if I kept my clip separate from my gun. You know, there's a lot of different ways it could have got out of this one. I know. He was on the receiving end of a major ass whooping. He really was. Major ass whooping and a choking. Yeah, but but that's all something that came via collaboration with Robert Alonzo, who's one of the, the head stunt guys. Okay. Who'd been a friend of mine since high school, and we used to teach the karate club together. So when he found out I was doing that, he, he knew what I was very capable of doing, whether it's kicks or knife fighting or stick fighting or any of that stuff. So right away, he was like, man, dude, you should do a fight or something. I said, come on, Rob, let's do a fight. I'll, I'll do anything you want. You know what I can do. Spinning heel kicks, jumping, crashing, whatever you want. Right. So uh, they told JJ, and then JJ says, uh, so Clifton, uh, you, hear you? you might want to fight. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> he says, great. I'm going to think about it. And he, JJ's a badass, man. He's a badass. He's a collaborator. He's just a lot of fun to work with. Uh, and now, go ahead. Oh, just the whole Star Trek movie was a fun movie. I mean, the beginning of it. Um, I remember when you first appear after the Narada just beats the crap out of uh, the Kelvin. Uh-huh. We, we see you, you're the first guy it sees, but it, you almost sound kindly but ominous in your. Um, talking to the crew about sending your captain over so we can negotiate uh, terms of surrender. It was just, uh, it, it, it was cool. I, I, I liked your character. Awesome. I'm just a kind, ominous dude, that's all. Yeah, it's <laughs> so it difficult for you to portray that character thing, is what you're saying. Um, it was in the beginning because the grandeur of Star Trek didn't really hit me until I actually got to set, like the sheer epicness. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, you wake up in a dream and you're like oh look it's like Star Trek said oh there's J.J. Abrams oh he's telling me to look down the camera and tell the who the Star Trek Enterprise what what am I doing Star Trek for Paramount oh I am I am I am it was one of those moments like I started sweating my heart started racing J.J. was like yo Cassie I just need five seconds man I'm gonna take a quick little walk alright and I just like you're doing Star Trek and I came back in a Knocked it out. Um, you know, I mean, we all know what Star Trek is. Whether you're a fan or not, we all know who Spock is. We all know the. 
we all know the theme song. Right. That's just stuff you know. So it's it's a uh, you know you can't. It's a whole new Star Trek. It's like in the sense of it incorporates so many elements of the past and the history, and it's all stuff like you know. All due respect to the other the franchise of the films prior to this one, but uh, you know, I don't. I think there's a lot of real, like almost, it's very believable, this new Star Trek. You know, like, you, know, you look at even, you look at the, the technology and the old Star Treks and you can almost see how they're plastic or this or that. They make funny noise. It doesn't, almost not really believable, especially as children it was, but as adults, no. So it's kind of why I think, you know, it's, uh, I, I started to watch those and I, I realized that this wasn't the same Star Trek. And it wasn't helping me at all. Okay. I've never been in outer space. Where do I start? So I literally deferred to uh, JJ and you know Neville, who was one of the guys that created the Romulans, um, and really his his guidance and his direction. So he gave a lot of input into what it was like to be a Romulan. He certainly did because I mean, there's I think there's a lot of principles that are are, are consistent. In, in piracy, and in essence, you know, the Romans are, are a bit of pirates, you know, what they do and how they act, and, you know, um, so, you know, we kind of, uh, we kind of ran with that kind of mentality. So what was it, uh, did you get to meet Spock then at all? Did I? Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, Leonard Nimoy, I guess. Leonard Nimoy, yeah, I mean, obviously the entire cast is wonderful, but just to hear Leonard Nimoy's voice, you know, as I was on, like, tying my Romulan lace, it's pretty phenomenal. You know, it's like, even if you weren't a fan of Star Trek, you certainly would be, a, you know, maybe you were a fan of In Search Of, the TV show he had. So, you know, I heard that voice and I was like, I was like, right away you, you just zapped into like a seven-year-old kid, you know, and you look up and you see Spock sitting in a chair eating his mocha ice cream. And it's just like so surreal. It's really... How did it feel... They gave you the ears, I mean, the tattoos, they, they shaved your head, I mean, when you're in the costume, I mean, um, what, did, I mean, what did you bring to the part? I mean, these Romulans were, they weren't like the Romulans we've seen in the movies or TV, these were more like a blue-collar Romulans that we saw. Talk to her on the phone, because she came back to those. What was your, I mean, they're, 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 they're blue-collar Romulans? That's, 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 that's how I think that they're minors. Sure, and, and that's the, 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 um... The, the class that Johnny Cash sang for. Yeah. Blue collar. Right, know, working right, man. Right, you right, know? Right. That's why men in black. Right. Romulan in black. Yeah. <laughs> and you were in black. It was, yeah. How long did it take to get into your get up? Um, on a good day, on a good average day, it was roughly two to two and a half hours. And then on a, you know, some of the, this is a big thing, on some of the, uh, Prison stuff. It was four and a half hours. Yeah. Which Oh, which is also fortunate. Because <laughs> now you got for all those that have watched Star Trek fifteen times and got nothing new to look forward to, so they think there's going to have something really amazing. Because I, I honestly forgot about it till uh, I don't know if it was Banner that reminded me or if it was a reporter. Somebody said something to me, and I, I almost thought it was a dream, like, prison? You weren't... Like, I do remember being in prison. 
It's Capote. No, I was a Romulan. Like, I was going around like, oh my God, it's it's really epic. Capote was a good movie, too. Thanks, buddy. I think that's one of the, uh, I didn't see, I don't know what other ones you've been in, but I remember you from Capote, and obviously Star Trek, and I met recently, and the reason we're here at this convention, obviously. Have you done any other science fiction sort of thing? This is the first. Yeah. yeah. Is this your first convention? Well, I went to Comic-Con last year with Jason Statham. Um, Crank. I went. I think I don't know if he spoke on the panel, but I was there for his birthday. Okay. Yeah, and I think he had something to do there, so we hung out and had a good time. And all the guys from Crank were there. He's a good actor. He's a blast. He's a great guy. Great actor. Fun to be around. He's just a, a guy's guy. I spent Fourth of July with him and, and Vinnie Jones and Slash and Mike Judge. Oh wow. Yeah, I got extract coming out with Mike Judge. Okay. All right. Extract. Yeah. Extract, like a like a, a vanilla extract company, and that's where I work at. I work in a warehouse, um, where I get one of my balls blown off. No, no. Yeah, Mike Judge, he's friggin' a comedic genius. <laughs> Speaking of blue collar, I like Beavis and Butthead. Are you kidding? I love Beavis and Butthead. You'd be amazed. We'd come out of a, a bar, or a restaurant, and people would know who he was. And he's such a, a humble, just a, a humble, giving individual. You know, like can you can you give me an autograph or do you know Beavis? And he'll like sit there and grab a piece of paper and just draw Beavis. And while he's talking like Beavis and, and sign it to him, he's just he's like he's that great of a guy. He's, now, did you have to do a lot of voice work to become a Romulan? Voice work? Yeah. Um, we did. Um, I, I, I found a I found a, a tonality for him, um, but also there was uh, a Romulan dialect, which was written for the film. Okay. And is that, is that based then on the... You would know this, Miles. Is that based on the way Romulan spoke in the show? Well, we didn't see any Romulan dialects. At least uh, the You do. You do hear something in it. You you uh, you hear me say prodmiro, which means okay. Captain Nero. Prodmiro. Okay. It, they had a linguist come in and write and create this this uh, language. So it's very th- that took some work, and, and learning that would be like the equivalent of me learning, you know, like the German monologue that I learned for Spielberg for Saving Private Ryan. Well, you weren't Saving Private Ryan. No, I was not. I wish I was. I tried real hard, but I got to tell you, it was really fun preparing that role and, and researching and. And checking out my facts and details and history and 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 learning, you know, the you know, best outpasses of the group and all the seats in the group and on the eat outstand, fuck and a half and a half of my life. I used to have a steinbracker for my thesis. He is termint. In the time for a stack piece of dunkelheit and get asli. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna get this back, and it's gonna be an entire list of cussing that he just did here. No, it's like he talks about the the stone bridge and don't don't cross until nighttime because the the Germans are there. Your Dunkel Heights nighttime. Like when you study a monologue to the when you study to the degree that I studied it, which is over the course of three days and nonstop, you know, listening to Marco Hofschneider speak these words, you you try to find things to keep your interest. Like what? Aside from wanting to work with the great Spielberg, you know, you uh, you try to find things to keep your interest in. One of them was learning what these words meant. 
you know, so, and also, and it helps to provide the, the emphasis on the meaning, you know, which and also in turn I had to study, you know, how the Germans spoke, because the emphasis on their words aren't the same as Americans, right. so that kind of thing. Now, um, were there any moments on the Star Trek set, any memorable moments, any funny moments that you can share? So there's long hours. I mean, eighteen-hour days. It's uh, trying to think. How many days of filming for you? I couldn't tell you, man. I want to say probably about. Mm, about a month and a half, two months. Okay. Yeah, I think because I think Pine was on it like five months. Okay. But as far as memorable moments, anything funny happened? Because you know, it's when you're on a set for eighteen did actually, hours. Did you actually kick? Chris Pine at all. Oh, I see you're saying. I mean, you, you always find things to do that are fun. You know, JJ likes to beatbox on the on the microphone, you know, for long hours. He'll do prank phone calls on the phone, you know, like the Jerky Boys. You know, he's a funny guy. Uh, just anything to keep, you know, Eric Bana's hilarious. <laughs> Eric Bana's funny, so... God, I'm trying to. Th- I know there is. You put me on the spot. I mean, you wait those kind of hours. It's like it's a big blur. Oh, I'll bet. I'll you just bet. can't. You don't know if you're coming or going or who's on third. Or now, 18 hours. Does that include your makeup or is that in addition? That's, inclu- that's including your makeup. Yeah. yeah. Say if that's an addition, when do you sleep? Yeah. We. we you had. You know. You, I, fortunately, I live close to Paramount, so I'd get home in 15 minutes or so, 10, and literally just. Uh, you crash out, you'd wake up, and like, I gotta be at work an hour. <laughs> like, you're so exhausted. We had nine hour turnaround, which means that you have nine hours of rest before going back to work. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Did you grow up watching science fiction at all? I mean, I just watched movies that I just enjoyed. You know, if it happened to be science fiction, then so be it. You know, I loved Star Wars as a kid. You know, um, I loved, uh, like, the Dark Crystal. You know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think what else was fun. You know, some of the other stuff that you watch when you're a kid. Yeah, I kind of The Narada, the interior of the Narada, like almost a death trap. I mean, did anybody get hurt on the set? I mean, just look. I mean, there was a lot of uh, liquids and stuff. You can slide around. You know, you have to be careful. You know, but but also the Narada being our ship, it's it's also a ship I wanted to become very familiar with. In that I wanted to constantly be, um, you know, constantly be. I wanted to know where the pitfalls were. I wanted to know where the, the dangers were, so I knew when I could run and when I couldn't. Because you know, you'd run inside. I mean, your character took a sort of a swan dive after he got shot. Off the edge? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> it was. Now, how far did it actually let you fall? I fell pretty far. Yeah, I want you to fall three stories. Um, no, I felt like probably about, I was like, you know, maybe 15 feet. Anything else? All right, well, thank you so much. Totally, man.